0: good evening church i want to say merry christmas this will be the wednesday night before christmas obviously and uh, i wanted us to look just at the christmas story have a lot of scripture uh, to read just to give us a good flavor for it bring it back to memory even though we think we know it all Um, and uh, so don't tune me out keep up uh, open your bibles and we're going to begin uh, in matthew chapter one and then go to luke chapter two Uh, We'll do that as soon as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for tonight, for your word. Lord, as we celebrate Christmas, help us to remember uh, that it was your great love that sent Jesus to be born uh, so that we might have eternal life as he died on the cross for our sins and then rose from the dead to give us hope. And Father, pray your blessings upon each of the church family, upon our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, not only in our country, but around the world. And Lord, again, uh, interrupt this COVID uh, pandemic, bring glory to your name, send revival, Lord, worldwide. And don't don't pass by the United States. We need revival desperately. Uh, let us truly have peace on earth and goodwill toward men in Christ's name, amen. As I said, we're gonna be looking at uh, Matthew, uh, chapter 1 to begin with beginning with verse 18 uh and uh, just just to sort of a an overview this this is is entire christmas is for troubled people and more specifically it should be christmas is for people with problems or people with trouble which includes all of us and so pick it up with matthew chapter 1 verse 18. Uh, Matthew the tax collector records these words for us under the leadership of the Holy Spirit to guide and direct and he says these things Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found with faith She was found with child of the Holy Spirit Then Joseph her husband being a just man not wanting to make her a public example which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Then let's go over to... uh, Luke chapter two, beginning with verse one. We find a lot of the same, but it says, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. They're registering them for tax purposes. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone through his own city. Joseph also went up Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people." For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you, you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Now, Christmas, as we've said before, means a lot of different things to different people. Uh, a lot of people get these ideas of what Christmas is so, supposed to look like, what it's supposed to smell like. I mean, it's supposed to be a, a peaceful time. It's supposed to be an a almost perfect time. Uh, a lot of people think, Oh, if I could just have a white Christmas, it'd be just right but we need to understand that even that first Christmas wasn't necessarily a peaceful time it wasn't necessarily a time where everything just went like it was supposed to if you're one of those people that uh, and I want us to understand that there are a lot of folks in in this this way that Christmas time is a lonely time it's a time of silent suffering maybe you've lost a loved one maybe uh, life has got you down or by the throat and wrestling with you maybe you're in pain physically emotionally spiritually uh, maybe uh, the bills have piled up to you don't know where christmas is going to come from maybe relationships are on the rocks i don't know but if you're in any kind of trouble like that there is hope uh, there's hope because jesus came to save us from our sins. The ultimate reason he came was to die on a cross. To pay the penalty for our sins that we could not pay. And to rise the third day to give us hope. Or people that have problems. Because that includes all of us. And the angel specifically said, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. Not just the Jews, but the Gentiles, the rich, the poor, those who had it made, those who were down and out, those who are struggling. So this is for us, is that Jesus came to save us from our sin. The first thing we need to understand is that there was trouble in relationships that first Christmas. In Matthew chapter 1 that we read, uh, it talks about how Jesus was born, that Mary was betrothed to Joseph now betrothal was like an engagement in our day but it was much more serious most ranges most marriages had some type of arrangement in that day whether it was arranged by two families or whether uh, the groom contracted with the bride's parents that he wanted to marry their daughter and uh, the dowry price was set and things were arranged and and what they would do is that he would come and she would prepare meals, she would take care of uh, the house, different things, but they would not come together as man and wife until after the marriage. But that was a betrothal, betrothal process where they'd get to know each other, they'd spend time together. Betrothal was so serious that it could not be broken after entering the man entered and the woman entered into it except by a written bill of divorcement, all right? And so Mary and Joseph were excited Uh, They're looking forward to spending their lives together. Uh, You could say they're walking on cloud nine in our day. I guess that's really my day, not some of the younger folks' day. But it says that after they were betrothed, before they came together as man and wife, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now, think about it. Think about the, the relationship problem this represents because Mary... Has had this angel appear to her and tell her she's going to have God's son. And she says, How's that possible? Since I've never known a man. And, and basically says, The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Uh, the child uh, in you is going to be of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a male. It's going to be the Savior of the world. So you'll call his name Jesus. But she has to tell Joseph that. How's she going to convince that? What kind of stress is there? Is he thinks that this. This betrothal's been broken, that his beloved has cheated on him, that, that she's done something unthinkable and crushed his heart and his plans, and all those things. Now, one of two things can happen in the betrothal of that day when this was found out. You could have her dragged to the gates and publicly stoned for being a harlot, or you could give her a written to debil- the Divorce decree, bill of divorcement, and do it privately. And it says that in verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Do we understand that this relationship was having problems? I mean, who would believe? Yeah, you haven't, you're still a virgin, but you're going to have a baby? Uh Uh-huh, right. And I can see... In my mind, Joseph, going through all these feelings, all this heartache, but he being a just man, in other words, he wanted to do what was right. He loved Mary. In other words, he he didn't want her to be killed. He didn't want her stoned. Uh, Even though he was hurt, even though uh, his heart was aching, his world was turned upside down, he didn't want her hurt. There was forgiveness. He was a just man. And I also think that he was a man who knew God and he knew what the scripture said. Because it says that it had gotten so bad to, in my mind's eye that it says well, while he thought about these things behold an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. In other words the angel appears to him in a dream. Later on he appears to him in a dream and says take the child and run because Herod's after the child. Going to try to kill him. But see He was somebody who was used to hearing from God. He was somebody who had a relationship with the Father. He was somebody who knew his scriptures. He was somebody who was chosen to be the earthly father of the Messiah. My goodness. But there's a strain in the relationship. And evidently, while he's thinking about divorcing her and doing this, God sent the angel to tell him. These words, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. She'll bring forth a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, the Lord, which has spoken the prophet, that says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, that shall calls call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. In verse 24 of that, Matthew 1 says, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. At the holidays, there's always a chance that problems in relationships are exasperated, they're made worse. Or that hopefully during the Christmas season, There'll be a repair of relationship. Forgiveness will go forth. Don't think that whatever problems you may be having, whether it's some relationship at work or home or with extended family or a next door neighbor, is something that God can't work in. Don't think that forgiveness can't patch things up. Don't think that God doesn't want reconciliation because that's usually what he does want. Realize that Trouble in relationships is because it's two sinful people trying to get along. And that means trouble. Now, Mary was innocent. She had not done anything wrong. But it caused some problems in the relationship because Joseph had to accept what God was telling him. And so whatever God is telling you this year, make sure you know that you hear from God, that you're basing it on God's Word, and then believe God to... to, Joseph's credit he believed God says, as soon as he was roused from sleep he took Mary as his wife in other words they had the marriage ceremony but he didn't know her as husband and wife till after Jesus was born and then they had other children but you see they had trouble in relationships don't think that that's something new or just to you and you're the only one that's having it all is lost it's not as long as God rules in your heart and in the other folks heart if they don't know God, what a perfect chance to show the love of Christ and bring reconciliation between you and them and have a chance to tell them about the ultimate reconciliation between them and God possible if they'll believe in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, repenting of their sins. The second thing that I see, the trouble, is the trouble with stress. Now we go to Luke chapter 2 again, and I read it, but I just want to read the first verse or so it said it came to pass in those days that decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered as I said it's a census it's for tax purposes this census first took place while Quirinus was governing Syria we're told that there was a revolt of the Jews when this took place in history and verse 3 says so all went to be registered everyone to his own city and Joseph went up to Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because it was the house and lineage of David to be raised with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while they were there, the days were accomplished for her to be delivered. But think about it. Here Mary is. She's pregnant. She's been to see Elizabeth, her, her cousin. Uh, her cousin has been barren all these years. Is going to have John the Baptist. And they have that rejoicing time. That's in. The, I did not read those scriptures. You can read that. And... Then Joseph finds out. Then he thinks about divorcing her. Then God says, Don't do that. It's, it's my son that she's carrying. Then he takes her in. He's obedient. And in the midst of all of that, think of the stress. The stress on the relationship. What's he going to do? What are they going to tell people? Because people are real devious about okay, now they've been married this long and the child is how old? And they're not going to believe this. The angel had not appeared to all these other folks. It's stress. Think of the stress that now he's got to take his very pregnant wife and travel from Nazareth all the way up on hard Judean roads all the way up to Bethlehem, the city of his ancestor David. And there they've got to be registered. And while they're there, oh no, she goes into labor. And it says she brought forth her firstborn son wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Stress upon stress upon stress. And then it gets worse later because Joseph's spoken to another dream after the wise men come and visit and lay their gifts there that he says, you've got to arise and this happens tonight. Arise, get out of here. Herod's going to seek the young child's life and they leave and go to Egypt, a foreign country. You talk about stress, there's stress everywhere. Uh, A lot of scholars think that when Jesus gets older, you hear about Mary a lot, but Joseph's never in the picture. They think that he went ahead and died at an early age, probably from all the stress. Think of the stress of being entrusted to raise God's son, God's Messiah. Oh my goodness. It's just a stressful family life. Again, we have stress with work. We have stress with neighbors, we have stress with our families, we have stress uh, just in our country. Uh, there's no much such thing as civility anymore where we can disagree and sit down and talk about stuff. Um, you know we get ugly on all the different social media platforms. Don't do that Christians. We, we do things that just cause stress, stress, stress. And a lot of people are worried about our country and the direction it's going. And uh, I don't care which side you're on politically. There is reason to worry. But it's not about some of the things we think. It's about the spiritual, spiritual condition of our nation. And worry should be handled in prayer. And really, again, Joseph is spoken to by the angel of the Lord. Okay? God is saying, don't worry. I've got you. In this stress, I've got you. And so stress is nothing new. It was there during the first Christmas. We think of this some, um, it was a wonderful event. It was good news of great joy. It was the fulfillment of prophecy. It was the coming of the Messiah. It did us really in hope for us because Jesus came to save us from our sin. It was all those things, but it was also a stressful time for this young family. And so as you're going through Christmas and all the stress and sometimes the depression that's either before, during, or after Christmas, realize God understands that you're stressed. And He makes hope for you and for me through Jesus Christ. And we need to rely on Him. Read the Psalms. Read the gospel stories of Jesus coming and why He came. And rejoice that God worked everything out according to His perfect plan right and he'll do the same thing for us then i see trouble with money it says that in chapter two that not only do they have to go uh, up there uh, it says that the wise men depart chapter two verse 13 again we've been talking about this when they departed behold the angel of the lord appeared to joseph in a dream arise take the young child and mother flee to egypt and say there angel, i bring you word for herod will seek the young child to destroy him and he rose and took the young child his mother by night departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord through the prophet saying out of Egypt I have called my son again this is all in God's time this is all in God's word this is all according to what he's arranging there's no loose ends with God he fulfills every prophecy of his word about the Messiah about his son Jesus that didn't mean there wasn't trouble. Think about it, not only do you leave to go up there, you had to interrupt your work schedule. Uh, you had to look for work to support your young family. Now you have to go to a foreign land. Now, I believe God financed their trip through the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh that was presented by these wise men, these astrologers. But I don't know if it was enough to last all the way through there. I'm sure that Joseph had to find work in Egypt as a foreigner. He had to find work to support his family there uh, for the time that he was there until Herod died. And God called them back home and they go back. You see, we need to understand that. Trouble with money is nothing new. Uh, Finances are always a problem. Uh, One fact has continued all through my ministry. A lot of other things have changed, but the number one reason for divorce in the United States When I started 32 years ago, and even up to this day, the number one reason people get divorced is trouble with money. Money puts all kinds of stress, it puts all kinds of pressure, it puts all kinds of problems, it puts unrealistic uh, expectations upon us and our spouse and, and those things. But trouble is trouble. And we need to trust that with God. As sure as He took care of that young family, He'll take care of your family, He'll take care of me all those other things and so the main point isn't just the money but it's just trouble we can just keep going on the the stress the relationships the money the can, can you imagine the in-law relationships when they get home how old is this child I don't think they walk around telling everybody yeah this is the son of God uh, that's something that God told them so they'd know what was going on sometimes God tells us things that are just for us so we understand It it, it brought a burden to their life. Their world is turned upside down. All their hopes and dreams seem to be a little bit fractured, but God says, it's going to be okay. I have chosen you for a special purpose. As surely as he chooses them for a special purpose, he chooses us for special purposes. To do his will, to make his name known, to make Jesus real in the lives of the people we encounter on a day-by-day basis. So what do we learn, some of the lessons, from this first Christmas? The first one is this. Realize life can sometimes be messy. Don't be one of those people who wants just that perfect Christmas. Uh, I watched that story, I shouldn't say this, but that Christmas vacation with Chevy Chase, he was everything perfect. It was a perfect holiday, perfect this. It's never going to be perfect. If you're one of those people, you can have everything done and something's still going to go wrong. It's going to get messy. Understand that. Uh, the second lesson is very important. When we make our plans, we need to be flexible. We need to be flexible. You see, They had their own plans, how they were going to start, when they were going to have kids, and blah, 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 blah. Okay? God had a different plan for their lives. And as surely as we need to remain flexible, we need to surrender to God's plans because He knows best. He knew who needed to be the earthly parents. He knew what they were going to face. He knew the trials and tribulations. He knew the attacks from Satan, trying to destroy the Messiah. He knew all of that but he was in control, right? The fourth lesson, God takes care of our troubles because he loves us. So, see, life's messy. We should be flexible. We should surrender to God's plans and God takes care of our troubles because he loves us. See, God is ultimately in control if we'll surrender. He takes care of our troubles because we're his children. During Christmas season, don't forget that. If you feel lonely, if you feel a little bit despondent, call somebody. Uh, If you feel that way, rest upon Jesus. If you feel that way, take heart. Realize that He came to save you. He came to save me from our sins. We didn't deserve it. We got grace. But He loved us enough to send Jesus to die on the cross in my place and in your place. That's love. Don't look at the circumstances and wonder if God loves you. Look at the cross and realize He does love you in spite of the circumstances. And God is the God in control of circumstances. God is the God in control of circumstances. Do we understand that? When we seek to be in the Lord's will, we have done our best to do that in our Bible time, in our scripture study and we're trying to walk with him in this journey of life everything that comes into our life has to come through the filter of his love he said that he would make all things work together for good to those who love Him or are called according to His purpose. Have we consulted His purpose? Sometimes His purpose is to trust Him more. Sometimes His purpose is to learn from some of the things we suffer. Sometimes it's to refine us as gold. Sometimes it's to use us as other people watch us go through the things we go through and have hope that they'll make it also because if we can make it, they can make it. The same God is faithful to them as it is to us. And so Christmas is for troubled people or people with trouble, however you want to say it. So rejoice that God loves you enough to be with you in the midst of trouble. God loves you enough to deliver you from trouble. God loves you enough to take you through trouble. But the whole point is God loves you and he sent Jesus to save us from our sin. Heavenly Father, I pray that our church body will have a good Christmas time. I pray for those who are lonely and hurting, those have lost loved ones, those who are sick and afflicted, those who are struggling with their hope, Lord, that you'd encourage them in their inner being. Just give them a peace that passes understanding, that you'll wrap your loving arms around them, they'll cast their cares upon you because you care for them. Father, help us all to do as Isaiah says, that we will... Trust in you and not be afraid because you are our salvation. And Father, we will trust and not be afraid because you are our God. Thank you for Christmas time. I pray that they will enjoy it and I will enjoy it. Remind us of Jesus during this time. In Christ's name, amen. See you next Wednesday night. Thanks, church.